dick. I think he hit play or record. On I said dick. condensation on my dick. I'm sorry. Welcome to episode 24 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Jumping right into this guy. It is September 2nd, 2013. My name is Paul McGinty. With me are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Image Matt Casal. Yep. Chewing the shit out of that Twizzler. That's get it, get it. It's me. For tonight's episode, we're going to talk paper and digital comic books. Comicsology really seems to be taking control of things these days. Um, I wouldn't know. So Matt and Ian are going to tell you all about it. And we're also going to cover a little what you've been reading. I think we've been teasing that for about three weeks now and we never get around to it. But I got a good feeling about tonight. Yeah, I think that paper versus digital or paper and digital will be, uh, yep, I like it. Next. <laughs> so Ian, what do we have going for housekeeping? Well, there's no paper option quite yet for the McSauce comic strip. You can only get it digitally at McSauce.com. You can listen to the digital version of our podcast at mcsauce.podomatic.com, Stitcher Radio, iTunes. We are digital whores. We are digital whores. Maybe one day we'll have uh, uh, you can listen to it in person. We'll have a audience all around <laughs> in the McSauce studio, and you can cheer us to victory that way. It's going to have to be a winter's eve, because... In the summer, that shit would be too hot. We got one more person in this room. It's a fucking oven. Yeah, it really is. Speaking of one more person in this room, happy birthday to young Mr. Dominic Yossi. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Dom. Dom. We miss you. He couldn't be here today. We invited him to have birthday podcast, but he had family dinner, unfortunately. Unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, how unfortunate to eat dinner with your family. His family loved him too much for him to come (laughs) podcast. So happy birthday, Dom. We love you. And you how, can, how old is Dom today? Dom probably is maybe 34, somewhere around there. That old? Yeah, that old. I was going to say 32. Well, he is very young looking, but I would say 34. Young buck. If you want to wish Dom a belated happy birthday, get him on Twitter at Cerebrius. Or you can wish Dom a happy birthday to Matt at Little Depressed Matt. Or myself at the sauce, or Paul at get underscore McSauce. And upcoming this weekend, Paul, Paul, and myself will be at the Baltimore Comic Con this upcoming weekend, Saturday and Sunday, September seventh and eighth. Uh, we'll have a booth. I think we'll be giving away business cards and postcards. Uh, we'll sign autographs. We'll tell you jokes in person if you would like. <laughs> also, yeah. there's going to be eight by tens of me, but there, I won't be there. There will be eight by tens of Matt. So if you show Pre-autographed up, pre-autographed eight by tens of Matt Cassell. Mm-hmm. Ten dollars a piece. I'd, Two I'd, for fifteen. <laughs> handsome Matt Cassell. That's such a fucking Comic Con thing. So if you're in the Baltimore area. Go to the Baltimore Convention Center. Come in and say hello to us. You can pass such names as Jimmy Chung, Frank Cho, Ethan Van Skyver, Mike Mignola, David Finch. Um, 
Pat my hand. Pop my hand. Pop my hand. You can pass all those tables until you get to your destination, the McSauce table. Yes. Are you guys going to be right next door to any of those creators? I hope, I hope we're in a different wing of the convention center. Make because us look like shit if we're just, next to Neil Adams. Yeah, just being in the same convention. Because the Pittsburgh convention is a little... It's a little lower key. Like a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of big names at this Baltimore con, and Ian and I were looking at the the list earlier, and it's it's kind of intimidating. Yeah. And speaking of Pittsburgh Comic Con, we'll be at the Monroeville Convention Center the 27th, the 28th, and the 29th of this month. So if you can't make the trip to Baltimore and see our handsome faces, go to Monroeville, PA, and. Uh, Come see us. Say hi. And I think that'll do it for housekeeping. This week, paper and digital comic books. We love them both. Or Paul doesn't know that he loves digital. We'll get him on that track. I think I think eventually. I don't have the vehicle for digital comics. I'm not... Like, I could do it on my phone, but... You have the vehicle. I have a computer and a phone. Yeah. I don't. You. you have yeah, two vehicles, actually. I do, but I don't. You're a two I don't think. Household. I don't think I would enjoy digital comics on either one. The best way to read them is on a tablet. I think we would both agree on that. We would agree on that. Like I don't think on my phone I'd really be able to appreciate the artwork. Agreed. In a pinch, if you are dying to read the story, it works. It's kind of cool. I've done it, but ideally the iPad or even a blasted Android (laughs) could work in a situation like that. Um, You can also view your your comics on um, on your computer if you get them through the Comicsology store, which has become the premier uh, vehicle. To, to put out these comic, these digital comic books. It's like the one-stop shop of digital comics. Right. When when digital comics first started, um, I think I was one of the earlier adopters of the iPad, and, and I knew that, you know, the future... You adopted your iPad. You didn't just buy it. You adopted it. I had to go to Africa to get it. Because <laughs> yours is black. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say because yours is black market, but then you just stopped and it was way better. Yep. I know how to edit. Um, but when, when digital comics first started, there were multiple comic outlets to get your, to get your digital comics. And, and my problem was I was apprehensive because I didn't know what's the standard. If I buy my comics digitally through... I can't even remember the various names, but like, let's say it was called Comics Zone. Uh, that sounds you, like something that came out in the nineties. Is that a real thing? Actually, isn't that an old video game, like a Genesis game or something? Oh yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure I boycotted. I'm pretty sure it was also a. Um, I didn't mean to step on your barefoot there, Paul. It's okay. There's always footsies in the McSaw Studio. Mm-hmm. But. So let's say that it was called Comic Zone. You didn't know if Comic Zone was even going to exist in five years. And if they go away, does that mean my digital comics go away? And frankly, even though there is one premier 
store, Comixology, now, it's still a slight fear of mine to think that all the money that I've invested in digital comics is really only as secure as this store is. Because once the store goes away, if it ever happens, does that mean all my comic books just kind of vanish into the cyber world? Because one thing about the Comixology app is that all the comics that you buy are essentially in the cloud. You can download them to your device, but there's no way that you can really, or at least that I know, that you can export that file to your computer so that you can have it on your hard drive. Um, it just stays either in the cloud or on unlike, your Comixology Unlike app. iTunes, where everything is on your hard drive. Yeah, yeah. And you can't really, I mean... I, I don't know what it is. Maybe somebody more techno-savvy than myself knows how to download that file. I don't even know what that file extension would be for the Comixology. I don't either, but I've seen people pirating comics digitally as well. Um, and they do it with PDF files. However, you don't get that experience that you get with what Comixology has trademarked, Guided View, which guides you from panel to panel... From not even panel to panel, b word balloon to word balloon, and it transitions your eye through the entire page, almost creating like a motion comic um, with the static image. It's it's kind of fun. It's it, it makes reading comic books feel different than it ever felt before. It's very theatrical. The way it is. It. Yeah. It it almost makes it feel like it's pictures in motion, but it's really not. And, um, like, all the major publishers have agreed to allow their books to, to be bought through this Comixology store. All of them matter, except one, actually. True. We'll get to that in one second, but... Tease, the, folks. <laughs> what, what the major publishers did, Marvel Comics, uh, DC Comics, Image Comics... They all had their own individual digital stores, whether and, they were apps still or do. online, still do. But if you bought anything on those respective stores, you could link your user account to your Comixology account. Therefore, all of your purchases on those from those publishers would show up through Comixology. It was very slick. I, I mean, it was pretty seamless, and. Uh, and I and I applaud every all those publishers for letting that happen because it's very nice to not have to jump from app to app depending on what you want to read based on the publisher. I just want to read comics, you know. That's what I'm interested in. So, um, like Ian said, there I believe there's one publisher, one major publisher that has not gotten on board with the Comicsology bandwagon. Who would that be, Ian? Dark Horse Comics. Really? What? I thought Why? it was Image. No, Image has. Images on Comixology. Hmm. Dark Horse isn't. Dark Horse comic books also don't have the guided view, which once you read a book with the guided view, you don't want to read it in a regular PDF style anymore. And you get mad at the shitty guided view that Dark Horse has so on you, it. I think they have it. You are telling me that you've experienced Dark Horse comics version of guided view technology. Fuck, it's so fucking horrible. That is a yes, folks. And, and I can concur, it is really shitty compared to Guided View. Now, if we never had uh, 
guided view to compare it to, it wouldn't be that horrible. However, the app is a bit clunky, the Dark Horse Comics app. The store is kind of weird. Transitioning from panel to panel, page to page is kind of clunky. It just doesn't have that slick user interface. Because it's not, want. I'm looking at it right now, it's not real fucking guided view. It's not the close, it, the, the really intense close up that takes up the entire screen. Right. It's not the transitioning uh, word balloons that you were referring to that come in and out and. They black out the rest of the page where they only highlight a panel. What Dark Horse does is they just literally. It's like looking in microfiche, like if you're at the library, yeah. and it just kind of zooms around like the individual page, but you still see everything else. And um, again, it works in a pinch, but when it comes to Dark Horse Comics, because their app is kind of shitty compared to the alternative, I tend to strictly buy print when it comes to Dark Horse books. So is is Dark Horse then shooting themselves in the foot? Because you're spending with a Marvel or a DC book, you're buying the print and you're buying the digital, but Marvel is or but Dark Horse is preventing you from getting the other because their service is crappy. Are are you let me see if I can clarify what you're asking. Are you asking me personally, do I mix it up and I buy some Marvel print and some Marvel digital? Mm-hmm. You'll get both of the same book, correct? You'll get a print version and a digital. Yeah, me per... Okay, so the way the the major publishers have decided to break it down, and it's kind of interesting because I think there's flaws in both ways. Um, Marvel tends to, to offer a lot of books with a code to unlock the digital version. However, free digital version. The, the yeah the the free the quote unquote free digital version. The way the reason why I say quote is because <clears throat> Marvel charges three ninety nine a book. If their comic book is three ninety nine, I can't think of an example where they didn't give you the the digital code. It's a little peel away thing in the one of the back pages of the book, and then there's a code. You go to marvelcomics.com slash redeem, I believe, mm-hmm. and you type in your username and your account, and this is where it comes into play where having your Marvel account linked to your Comixology account. So you enter in your code, you get your free digital version, and then when you go to Comixology and you go to the store, it's waiting for you in the downloads, and you just hit download, and boom, there it is. Um, and if you go through the, if you have a Marvel app, you can even go into, I think there's a redeem button somewhere on here. Oh, that's cool. And uh, That's you, probably more convenient. Yeah, I think you can I do it. I know that. I, I think you can do that. You can go into your account, hit redeem. I believe that's what you can do. That's very cool. Um, so, uh, so Marvel gives you the free digital if you're spending four bucks an issue, which frankly I feel like is the way it should be because I think four dollars for a comic book is too high. Um. Any comic book that they sell for two ninety nine does not come with the digital version. Um, is this boring, you Paul? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm in. Okay. Um, so, Fantastic Four. That's a two ninety nine book. No digital version. FF. No digital version. DC, on the other hand, th- 
they kind of are, I, I would say, about 50-50 at this stage for two ninety nine versus three ninety nine. However, none of their books come with a digital version unless specified by buying the digital version option, which is a poly-bagged version because their code in the book is not hidden. It's hidden via the book being poly-bagged. And um, those books are $4.99 a piece. So you're pay paying $5 for the book and the digital. Um, and they tend to only offer those on a select few. Um, so and DC's really ripping you off then? Sort of. Like, the only ones that they offer it on are the ones that are already three ninety nine. So, like, Batman, Justice League, Detective Comics. But not Animal Man. Not Animal Man, Or right. Green Lantern. I don't know if that's, you know, going to be an option in the future, but as of right now, only their three ninety nine books offer that. But then when that happens, they jump up to four ninety nine. Um, and then they alter the covers a little bit too like they'll change the color scheme that, that's kind of what they'll do um, I tend to buy some of them that way like Batman I get like that and Superman Unchained um, but yeah it, it is it is kind of a lot of money now yeah. that I'm sitting here thinking about it we but, spend a lot of money on comic books yeah we really do That's I spend at least $20 a week on comics. I think I can speak for all of us. We don't have really any other extravagant hobby. You know, we're not really guys that are into really anything else. I know you two are musicians. I don't do anything like that. I spend my money on comic Well, books. between my hookers and Matt's blow. <laughs> That's true. I would find money for comics. Well, my, my big expenses would be um, guitar lessons and video games. I will still drop a pretty penny on video games every once in a while. Um, I'm gonna get the new PlayStation 4 in November. Yeah. And that's gonna be $400, so... Yeah, I can't... I don't even think I'm gonna get PlayStation 3 Madden this year, and I used to... It used to be, like, a holiday to me. I, it used to be, I woke up and I jumped out of bed and I like Pee -wee ran and Pee downstairs <laughs> and I looked under the Madden tree and there was Madden. What's the Madden tree, John? Madden standing Madden, there Madden decorating? The Madden with... tree is a tree with multiple turduckins hanging off of it. And John Madden would come down the chimney on his, oh, okay. on his magical uh, bus that flew through the sky and he'd be like, boom, pow! And he'd give you <laughs> the, the newest copy of Madden. What was the what was the funny thing he'd say? He uh, Brett Favre penetration. No, uh, see, I'm not a Madden guy, so I don't know what it is. But I know this term just because I've heard people make fun of it. Some phrase. Is it like a Frank sling, Caliendo Slingback something. Switchback. Uh, I don't fucking. I don't know. know. He says a lot of things. I have to this one up at the break, folks. Mm -hmm. He says a lot of things, but I I I don't know. I'm out of video games now. I'm done. You've graduated from I've graduated them. finally. It used to have a death, as we've gone over before, had a death grip on my time. And I don't have time for that anymore. Ain't nobody got time for that, except for me, apparently. Um, <laughs> I you admit, don't even really have time for that. You don't really put in a whole lot of video game time. No, not really. Uh, but, but, like, I still follow it pretty closely. Like, I follow the systems, like yeah. what's coming out and what are the prices and some of the games, like... I know that they just released SimCity for the Mac. Yeah. 
I want to play the shit out of that. But yeah. do I really have time for that? Do you really? really? I was never I do, a yeah. city guy. I, I want to take, like, three or four days and just immerse myself in building a fucking yeah. city. See, I'm not into world building. Not in my comic books. Not my video games. See, I'm into yeah, world building, but I... City building. City building. I have no no desire to do that. It's It seems too, tedious. It's too, re, it's too real world. Yeah, I don't. I don't want. What do you like about it? Tell us what you like about. Uh, just creating, uh, like from scratch, this entire city that you kind of like put the pieces in motion and just kind of yeah. watching it grow and become I bigger don't even than. I know what I would do. Like, uh, there's a pool. I'm done. <laughs> and and from what I understand, like, if you know people that play it, you can like play online sort of where your city neighbors their city yeah. and like let, can you go let's to war? say I don't think you can go to war but like let's say crime is terrible in your in your friend's city mm-hmm. and crime is like not an issue in your city you can like, you have Superman because you have Superman no you have really good police officers you can like you lend some of your dragon. police that's right you can lend some of your police to the shitty city the shitty city I like that shitty city the shitty city Detroit. Oh, sorry. God damn it. Come on, mix us, footsies. <laughs> and, uh, so they, they'll pay you. You'll get money for lending your police, and so it can work like that. Can you send your crime over there so that they'll pay? Can you, like, extort them and shit? I don't know. I don't uh, know if it works like that, but hmm. I know it's $40. Not a that's terrible not price. Bad, no. I think for you, and that's that seems to me like it's going to be the kind of game where you can just pump hours of your life into which on one hand that's awesome because you're getting a lot of value for your money, but on the other hand, that's a lot of guilt that I have because yeah. the longer I play a video game, the more guilt it, it accumulates. Yeah, I, I can't do it anymore. I have to. Not that I'm more evolved. I think maybe video games just passed me up, and I passed you up. A... You're not good at them anymore. Yeah, yeah, my skill. I would agree. I hate going. You low. don't know how good I am at video games. I hate going online and playing against kids whose, like, balls haven't dropped yet. Yeah, but that's their whole life. Right, and they destroy you. And it's like, this is the most unfun experience of my life. I have to play offline, get into the story, and all that stuff. Much like adult recreational sports, there needs to be an 0 for 30 league. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird because I think like for all these systems, you have to like have a credit card pretty much to get online these days. You know, you have to sign up with your user account and credit card information, and then you hear this little twerp on the other end, and you're like, you don't have a credit card. (laughs) But he's like telling you to suck his dick, too. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're like, do you have a credit card? Either you are sucking on helium all night, or... You stole your parents' credit card. Now, we were going to have this discussion paper versus digital, but I don't feel that it's one or another kind of thing. I supplement my paper comic books with the digital things that I buy. I do it slightly different than you do, Matt, where it seems like you you repurchase the things that you have already got or, or you download things that you have the codes for. Um, I I really don't. I go out and find different things that maybe I wouldn't have purchased anywhere else. Or, you know, they, there are a lot of free things. I got a couple Cyberforce issues for free. Those um, are free in print as well. 
but you completely didn't free? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. What's the difference between free and completely free? I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe you had to like suck somebody's dick. Is that how you got Cyberforce for free? Yes, the first time. Yeah. How did you get it free? I wasn't in, Paul. in real life. That was alright. Yeah. So uh, no, you go into yeah. the store and you grab it off the shelf and you yeah take it. I had no idea. Yeah, but I got it digitally free. They didn't advertise it much. The entire first arc of Cyberforce is free, mm-hmm. and I believe it's the first six issues. Yeah. So the first couple, I got the first two, and they were decent. Um, didn't hold my attention enough. Maybe I'll go back whenever. I don't know if Image does the same price point that um, reduction that DC does, where after a month they take at least a dollar off. Or I want to like say that. that Image does. Okay. Marvel does not follow that. I fucking line hate of that. That Marvel doesn't Ma- change. Marvel. Comics entire Marvel Now line has not been reduced. Not a single issue has been reduced yet, unless there was specifically a sale for it. Like, I mean, how how many months into Marvel Now are we? Five. We're almost a year in because it was a like a year. Sem- yeah, I want to say it was like around September whenever they did Marvel Now. You kidding? Either September, October, somewhere. We're very, we're really far in. Okay, well, anyway, yeah. it's been long enough. That shit should be discounted yeah, by now, I and agree. it's not. One of the ways that I caught up on the New 52 was books that I didn't buy whenever they were originally out. I went back, and I got Supergirl, and I got I, Vampire, and I read those books, and they were really enjoyable. Did you like I, Vampire? I did like I, Vampire. It was really good. Paul liked I, Vampire. I loved I, Vampire. It was, it was, he recommended it. It was discounted. Um... It was some night. I had nothing to do, and that's that's kind of how I do my comicsology reading. You didn't have the new Madden. I didn't have the new okay. Madden. You could have written an article. I could have. <laughs> See, that, that's that stuff in the past. I used to love to do that. I can't find those articles. I wish I could. See, I kind of I would like to play you in Madden, um, and oh, I'm not no. up on it. Like yeah. I'm not. I I have gotten previous editions. I think I even bought last year's version, yeah. but I've last year's version. I don't know if I played it like once. Yeah, Maybe I think we'll I played get... it once too. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna play it all night, and I played a game, and I was like, eh. oh, this sucks. I stink. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe we'll have to exchange screen names after this. Uh-oh. Okay. No, it's getting serious now. Paul, Matt, I Vampire was pretty good. I Vampire was excellent in print form. In print form. Tell us why it was so good. Well, and if, Josh, it was, and if it was so good, why was it canceled? Because people didn't read it. Well, I was asking. Oh. Well, it got canceled because people didn't read it. That's a great answer. I think. I think the problem with. <laughs> I think the problem with I Vampire is that it wasn't promoted when the New Fifty Two started for a normal comic book audience. They came out and they did some promotion for Eye Vampire, and even the first couple covers of the issues had a very this is this is your Twilight comic book fix. Like it was because the main the main story involves Andrew Bennett and Mary what's her face that I can't remember her last name, and it's kind of about Mary Bloodmouth. No, her name's not Mary Bloodmouth. Um, Mary something from that Dracula book that I can't fucking think of the name of. Starts with an S. So the story's about how they're kind of romance throughout the years. But, and that's, that's what got promoted. I think what DC was trying to do when the New 52 launched was say, hey, we have superheroes, 
But we also have all this other stuff. We have some horror stuff, and we have some supernatural stuff, and we've Mary got... Mary Queen of Blood. I mean, that's what, it, that's what she signed here. And we've got some... Some kind of romance stuff. Wait, Paul, what was the romance stuff? I Vampire. When, it it when, got promoted wrongly. It's like when, um... It's like when the Pain and Gain trailer looked like a comedy, and then it was a serious drama. Was it a serious drama? And a hunk of dog shit at that. <laughs> Fucking I stole... you guys were big Michael Bay fans. No, not. Paul's a Michael Bay fan. Yes, is. I like all of his movies except the Transformers ones. Pain and Gain had... You like Pearl Harbor? I never saw Pearl Harbor. Pain and Gain had all the elements, all the ingredients to a really funny movie. Mark Wahlberg, Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson... Mary Seward. Her Mary name is Mary Seward. Seward. Mary Queen of the Blood. Well, that's... She was Mary Seward, and then she became Mary Queen of Blood once she became, like, the baddest vampire out there. Baddest mofo out there. The way that they cut that trailer for Pain and Gain makes it look like it is this funny laugh riot. And there are humorous parts about it, but it's a it's a serious, uh, true based on true events story that has a lot of despicable characters. You fucking hate Mark Wahlberg because he's just a douchebag in this movie. He's not a funny douchebag. He's just a fucking dick that goes around doing bad things. And you can't get behind that. He's not he, Ted's buddy. No. No, he's not Ted's buddy. He's not even the lovable douchebag from The Other Guys. He's not even the dude from... I loved him in The Other Guys. The Other Guys was fun. He's not even the crazy dude in Fear. Mm. So, really, I don't know. I would not recommend seeing Pain and Gain. But I would recommend I, Vampire. Romance? When they they first started... um, Advertising the New 52 and promoting it, there were free... um, comic book size advertisements where I think they devoted essentially a page to each um, to each title that was going to be premiered in the New 52 and they broke it down by like here's the Batman thing oh yeah yeah, yeah I remember that and then they got into the supernatural thing so they lumped in Justice League Dark uh, Swamp, Swamp Thing, thing Animal, Animal Man, Man I Vampire Frankenstein Agent of Shade I think that's it I think that was it too. but I was like, man, these are really cool. Like, I, I bet you I get into all, every one of these titles. And um, I will say that based on the first two issues of I, Vampire, I was so let down. Yeah? Yeah. I, I was confused. I was confused from the jump on, on I, Vampire. I didn't understand who they were talking about. I didn't understand who was who. It just it seemed to pick up in the middle of a story. It didn't feel like a first issue to me. I had no problem with that in the book. I was hooked from issue number one. The artist Andrea Sorrentino it has kind of a Jay Lee style, very um, very Jay Lee kind of. Not yeah, it's it's very <laughs> Jay Lee, but it's 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 a little rougher than Jay Lee. It's Agreed. it's a little bit grittier, but he does you know a lot of blacks, a lot of shadows, a lot of open backgrounds uh, in the. I thought the artwork was just really fucking good and really creepy. And you could really... He really showed you the strength and the brutality of these characters. But none of that was presented on the cover, like you were saying before. The interior artwork, which which would have sold me immediately 
wasn't the same as on the cover. On the cover, it is vampire love story. They might as well have Fabio on the front. The covers, of that the cover artwork is really good. It's good, but it's for, not the same for what it is. Yeah. but it doesn't reflect the story on the inside of the book, which was just really, I mean, really creepy. Like a lot of really cool horror elements. Like whenever, whenever the vampires, their two main vampires, Andrew and Mary, become vampires. They can turn into these just giant wolf creatures and their mouths split open at the corners, like almost up to their ears. And they have all these crazy teeth and these just huge, scary mouths. And just all, all this creepy imagery that Andrea Sorrentino just hooked the shit out of. Just so good. But that's not what you got from any of any of the promotional materials. And I think that's what really made that book suffer. And well, they did it through the first so many issues. So I feel like I was fighting the same uphill battle that the writer Josh Fialkov and Sorrentino were fighting that, hey, this isn't, you know, this isn't, you know, broody, angsty romance book. This is, like, serious horror shit. What a shitty move by editorial to say, well, all right, well, we're going to use this different kind of cover because this is more, probably this is what they're thinking. This is more superhero-y. That's what we're pushing all of our shit. Even Justice League Dark, which is, you know, creepy superheroes, it still has a real... You know, capes and tights vibe on the covers. Right. And they did... And in iVampire, they did a really good job letting you know you're in the DC Universe. Not just by, you know, name dropping a couple times, but Batman shows up. It, and it had the same feel as a lot of the other DCU books. It's not like Swamp Thing or Animal Man. It didn't feel like its own book by a totally different publisher like Wonder Woman currently does now. Yeah. And I just read an interview with Brian Azzarello who said, Superman will never appear in my book. Good move, Dick. Yeah, great move. But it's selling and people like it, so, you know, he's going to get to do what he wants until it stops selling, I guess. Is it because there is no other Wonder Woman book of out there of any kind of quality? I, I know that you can't make two Wonder Woman, you know, imprints, but, I mean, this this is the best version of Wonder Woman that I've read in a long time. And it's not and it's bad. Not, it, but it's, it's not, not all that good anymore either so it stopped selling as far as I'm concerned because you stopped getting it because I stopped buying it because uh, I was not happy with it yeah that's a good all. that's a good move I applaud that I'm still I, buying it because I'm hoping it'll turn the corner back around to where it was you know a year ago worse than anything even even worse than a comic book starting to suck for me is when I don't know what the hell's going on anymore yeah Grant Morrison yeah um Wonder Woman definitely has that that going for it right yeah, now. Yeah, like, and, you know, I gotta give DC props. They come out with their shit every month, like clockwork. So I can't even come up with the excuse, well, it's been three months, and I forget what was going on. No, I'm just, I'm lost. Do you feel that works against Marvel? Because Marvel comes out, like, <laughs> tri-weekly. Now it feels like on some books, and I'm still fucking lost. I despise Marvel's release schedule. I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit to everyone involved except for their greedy pockets. I, I think agree. it's bullshit to the retailers, and I think it's especially bullshit to the fans. Um, three three times a week for, or I'm sorry, three times a month for a book that costs four dollars each. That's twelve dollars a month for one fucking title. I'd be more than happy if they kept. If they kept on a monthly schedule, had the same artist, the same team together for give me a couple years, give me don't just give me one arc, give me a couple years with that team. Let I me get comfortable more. with them. I couldn't agree more. 
Um, so back to uh, print and digital media. Um, I think one of the one of the debates is, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but a lot of people are anti-digital because they want to physically own the book. Um, there is a collector's mentality with comic book buyers that you know it's just it's cool to have a tangible thing you can put in plastic and store it away in your box in alphabetical order and people or like not that. if you're one of those people or, or not. just willy-nilly in the long box are, are you looking well, at me directing that to oh just in general okay because matt said specifically store them alphabetically or you don't have to store them alphabetically you can just store them you can't just store them i don't think anyone at this table does that because that's nonsense alphabetical Alphabetical. Alphabetical. Um, but, and, and I think that's a valid point, but I, I also feel like as we get older, maybe I'm speaking for you guys and I shouldn't be, but that kind of stuff is starting to mean less and less to me. It's almost strictly just about the, the story and the art mm-hmm. and the enjoyment of reading it that experience beyond that i mean yeah it's still kind of fun to collect and everything but um you know when like i said as you get older and you have like other priorities and interests those things start to not be quite as valuable personally i was having a similar conversation this week think about the way that you deal with your music now and i would say that we all pretty much buy our stuff digitally here and there, you'll go out and a band that you've been following for a long time, you'll go and buy the physical copy. Exactly. It's not as important as it was, say, in like 2002, 2003, just a few years ago. Um, movies are starting to move that way. I'm still holding on to some of my, co- you know, my, my hard copies, my Blu-rays, but more often you see like this ultraviolet and storing it in the cloud. And I think people are going to slowly but surely move away from even their movies. And start to have it all be digital, have their Amazon, their Netflix, all that shit. And I could see comics going that same way. I'm almost strictly digital with movies now. Yeah. Uh, I bought the Star Wars Blu-rays because it had tons of extras of shit. Yeah. And, like, that was just alone. Like, it it wouldn't have even had to have the movies. If it just had all the cool extras that those things had, that would have been worth the price for me. Um but the thing is, like, yeah, movies and music, people are going to go digital just because it's easier. In the long run, it's easier. Comic books, though, there's a collector's mentality. There's These are collectibles. These aren't just stories. And, yeah, maybe for me or maybe some other people, the collecting aspect isn't as big as it used to be. Plus, as you, <laughs> your collection grows and grows every year, it's like, where do you put them well, one after of the, a while. One of the big differences with collecting comics as opposed to collecting some other form of entertainment medium is that comic books have been comic books since forever. You know, with music and movies, we've gone from, you know, albums and tapes to CDs and now everything's digital and VHS and beta and Blu-rays. There's no... Up until comicsology now being digital, I mean, there's no other medium to get a comic book in. Yeah, pretty much the same size comic book in 1940-whatever 
pretty much the same size now. I mean, no one, and that that lends itself to collectability. I mean, no one, no one's out there looking for like the first edition tape of Appetite for Destruction, right. <laughs> even though I own it. <laughs> but like, no one's no one's looking to sell that or buy that. But you know, old '80s, late '80s comic book. I mean, you can get mad cash for something like that now. They hold their, uh, you know, they really hold their value. Some books. I mean, I'm sure some are dog shit now, but. I agree. Um, there, there are certain things that, that I think will probably survive this whole digital renaissance that we're having. And I feel like comic books are one. I mean, like, uh, you know, stamp collecting is probably <laughs> going to be around as long you as you just fucking made stamps. our hobby of collecting comic books <laughs> look real dark. Um, coin, fu- coin collecting, the coin the collecting, future is dismal. I mean, people aren't cre- collecting credit cards or emails. You know, like these are things that there's a tangible thing. Maybe that you people could become the first email collector. <laughs> email collecting. What a shitty fucking hobby that, that would be. be. Awful. Dude, it depends look, on whose email. I got this email from 1995, dude. But you know, it's, it's vintage. Speaking got of, some AOL address on yeah, that right. man. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the collecting aspect, I don't think any of us buy a comic book with the end game of, "Ooh, I'm gonna store this away. I'm gonna sell it." No, no. And I don't. I did th- that for The Walking Dead. Did, did you? you? No. No. Well, I don't know. That I, started out as a fucking little shitty image comic book that I figured there would never even be a number two for it. Yeah. But it looked kind of cool. I recognized the names on it, so I bought it. I've bought comics that cost a lot of money, but I never bought anything really with the intention that, you know, first, first and foremost... I'm going to make money on this, or this will be worth something someday. It's always been, oh, this is awesome, it's a comic book, and maybe this will, maybe Shadowhawk number one will be worth some money. <laughs> you big dummy. Let, okay, what is the most you ever spent on a comic book? Oh, jeez. And we're not it's, talking... It's not, it's not all that much. Um, eh, maybe $35? One single issue? What was one it? One single issue. What was it? Uh, uh, Spider-Man, it might have been... It might have been the one... Jeez... Uh, the last Todd McFarlane Amazing Spider-Man cost a lot of money. Number sixteen. No, the, no, no, no. The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, the Amazing Spider-Man. It was the one where he was Captain Captain Cosmic or Captain not Captain. He had the power Cosmic in this one. Okay. He fought the Gray Hulk and punched him into space. And that one, it, that, is that I, the one where he's like punching? He's punching up, up and, and the Hulk's Hulk, going through yeah. the type treatment. Okay. Um, that might not have been thirty-five dollars. I, I think I, that was his last issue, was it? That was the last one on, on Amazing, and then he went to just regular Spider-Man. Hmm. And then the great Eric Larson took over after that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And we love him. We do love him. But um, we're going to have him on one of these days as a guest. Yeah, I, I would imagine. I, I can't remember exactly, but I would imagine it was something like that. Um, Jim Lee's first X-Men, the one where. It has, uh, I think, had nine it. different covers. No, no, no. His, uh, the fir- I meant Uncanny X Men. His first Uncanny X Men. His first Uncanny X Men. I own that one, and that might have cost a lot of money too. 
but I don't know, man. I you know I I never bought anything with the intention that uh, Spider Man's yeah, punching uh, Hulk in the nuts in that cover. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of giving him the old uh, ball shot. Yeah. Amazing number three twenty eight. Yep. The most I ever spent on a comic book was when I was fairly new into buying them. Uh, back when, and I think I revealed this in my in our first podcast that the first comic I ever bought was Spider Man number twelve, and on it it had Spider Man and Wolverine, who were, like were my two favorite at the time. Uh, I bought Wolverine number one for forty dollars. Oh wow! I had gotten. Actually, I think I got a $40 gift certificate for Christmas one year for um, a comic book store that has since gone out of business, Collector's World. And uh, and I went ahead and I got Spider or Wolverine Number 1 by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller. Is that the one where it's his big head with the claws up? Yes. Yeah, and he's not wearing his mask. And yeah. he's he has a come-hither look on his What's face. What's that going for now? Ten, bu- ten bucks. Ten bucks. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. But there was a time in the early and mid-90s, even more the early 90s, when I wished, like, I remember Bone. Remember Bone? That was, like, going for $100 or yeah. the first appearance of... Well, like, Spawn Spawn number two was one that had a pretty high dollar amount placed on it because it was low run. Yeah. It was Spawn. Uh, it looks like Wolverine... Number one is going for 119, and that's a 9.6 graded. Wow! Copy. I have that. Is it a 9.6? What is the Walking Dead number one going for? Now, Paul, did you ever buy comic books with the intent, with the idea that hey, this is this is going to be worth a lot of money, and that's why I'm buying it? No. I, the most expensive single issue I've ever bought was probably like 5.99. Really? Probably wow. your standard issue. Yeah, because I never... Well, uh, actually, I don't know, because I went back and bought all those Gotham Adventures, but I don't remember... I don't remember any of them being more than 10 bucks. And I think the times that we're talking about, Matt, are old-school comic book shops in the 90s had the comic books mounted on the walls, right. and they had them all displayed and they were it was like the holy grail you'd walk in and you look up and you I remember thinking like oh when I save up enough money I'm going to get this issue of Spider-Man I'm going to complete my run of Amazing Spider-Man but I'm going to have to save up this much money exactly. because they all cost a certain you know dollar amount even the nicer comic book stores don't do that anymore I hate that that it, makes me sad it's not part of the hobby really anymore it's yeah. it's these are all story driven it's almost exclusively about the stories now and the collectability factor, I feel like, is such a small faction of comic book buyers anymore that you're going to disagree, Paul? No, I was, gonna, okay. I was just going to augment what you were saying. Good. It seems like now, you know, you said now it's more story-driven. Yeah. Now if, if a current comic book down the road is going to be a lot of money, it's going to have to be something special like Walking Dead that really takes off. Whereas back in the late 80s and 90s, if one artist was on a book, that would be enough to make it a collector's item. But right. you're you not have, you don't really have that. There has anymore. to be a, a shift in culture for that comic book. There were, to be it worth. seemed like there were more reasons for a book 
to be a collector's item back then. I agree. The only reason why anything is a collector's item now is a first appearance of a character because that is the only thing that you can't take away. Everything else, oh, well, we killed this character. We'll just fucking bring him back, and that makes it inconsequential. Or, oh, he got a costume change. Well, change him back to his old costume. Now that was inconsequential. There is nothing that can happen in comics anymore outside of a first appearance of a character that makes these things worth shit. I think Paul hit it on the head. There were more items back in the day, too, that, you know, an artist, uh, an anchor might make a, uh, a comic book important back in the day. A writer is... Yeah, but, but even back then, those books might have shot up in you know in the back of the wizard price guide yeah but since have probably come back down oh, to probably yeah, nearly cover price oh i think that yeah i think they are or or you're gonna find them in the 50 cent bin that depresses the shit out of me the other day i looked through some back issues at at the phantom and i was shocked to look at some things that i thought had this high value that were and there's that cost good, less there's than good car- stuff. books yeah there's good stuff in there and it's you know buy 10 for $15 or something like that and it's like this was like my childhood in this <laughs> in this bargain basement box of like dusty shitty comic books did you ever buy comic books at like Kmart or Toys R Us in the like three pack you had that three pack of yeah. Star Wars did you ever buy them yeah last week I, I showed these guys the um the three pack from uh the original three Star Wars comics that was sold, I believe, at Woolworths. Um, so you got Star Wars 1, 2, and 3, the movie adaptations. Uh, I think there was a total of six when that first started. Um, but going back, I, I did buy, I think, a couple packs of shitty 90s comics that were packed together um, at Ames. Do you guys remember Ames? Yeah, I remember Ames. I got stuff from there. I got stuff from maybe even Hills right before that transition. It's from where the Hills toys games. are. It's where the comics are. <laughs> Hills is where the comics are. That is how it went. I used to buy my porno on those three packs. Wow. Get, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I used you to get do that, that mystery too. book that, in the middle. That one in the middle was always something weird like leg sex or something. Yeah, it, was like porn, it was like porno roulette. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was great. You can only tell what the first that. one and the back one were, but that middle one. Not at Hills. At the gas station. Not, Not at even the at the gas station. station. <laughs> at the adult bookstore. Mm-hmm. Really? A little place I like to call Miss Lindsay's. Because that's what it's because, called. Yeah, that's the name of it. That's right, you've been buying porn since before you were buying comics. I have. Yeah, you really have. Well, you, you're so yeah. backwards. Wow. I have an insane Playboy and Penthouse collection. Do you? I have a shit ton of unopened penthouses still in the plastic bag from let's say 98 to 06 because you used to get you had a subscription to both for the longest time because what happened was I canceled them yeah and they didn't stop sending them and with penthouse I tried to cancel again and something got screwed up and then they started sending me two whoa that's what happens Kids, when you try to cancel porn, it'll mm-hmm. double you up. But I didn't pay for any of them. Yeah. I paid for the initial, like, so many years that I was getting it. 60 years. But then I quit, <laughs> and they, they kept coming, and it was like, it was like Madden Christmas. 
Except he was leaving pornography under my Madden tree. And Paul kept coming. That's true. Except it was Larry Flint. Now, uh, he just drove up to your apartment <laughs> in his little wheelchair. I have your penthouse there for you. Go. I don't think Larry Double. Flint was penthouse. Was he was yeah, hustler. he was hustler. I'm oh sorry. yeah, it was awesome. It only worked for that job. Penthouse doesn't have a patron saint. No. If someone knows, let us know. Uh, yeah, they don't. All I ever remember they was had that penthouse. Their big thing was the letters. Yeah, penthouse always did real weird stuff. Like I always remember, like. Chicks having sex with bugs or something like that. Do you remember that one? I remember for a while, Penthouse got into this whole pissing thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, never yeah, got yeah. that. I no, like, mm. that's out there. I love those issues. Well, Classics. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I think that's as good a place as any for the for the pizza break. See you on the other end. Here we are, podcast listeners, back from the pizza break. Ian, pizza count? Uh, zero. <laughs> Matt? I had uh, probably a few sips of Coke. Coca-Cola. Paul, pizza count? Uh, I had uh, 100 calories worth of Pepsi. No pizza tonight, folks. Today's Labor Day, so we had McDonald's. American. <laughs> Did you have burgers? Is that what you got? I had a burger. I had a, had a Big Mac. Nothing says Labor Day like the American classic Big Mac. And Ian, you, you had a... Two plain cheeseburgers. Plain cheeseburgers. I had ribs earlier today mm. at, um, at, at work. work. They brought in barbecue, so I had ribs and pulled pork. Was work very uh, slow today being kind of a holiday? Uh, it was a little slow. I liked it. I, I didn't want to do any work today being a holiday Yeah. Um, in my business. But, uh... <laughs> business. Business. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday I went down to Rib Fest and had some more ribs. And, uh... Some apple dumplings, which were delicious. Ian had a ribs. Go figure. Hey! <laughs> Actually, 
It was the first time in probably like two years that I've had ribs. They're so messy. Sure. <laughs> you have to believe me. Sure, Ian, and I didn't have any potatoes today. Oh, or beer. <laughs> oh. oh. What did I have? Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> Not dumb. Could have been uh, lasagna. Maybe some gnocchi. Only a quarter Italian. Quarter? I could have been a quarter of spaghetti and a little mini meatball. (laughs) For the mixed sauce podcast purposes, Matt is all Italian. Until Dom gets here (laughs) and shows us what what a real Italian looks like. Yeah, for the podcast purposes, Matt is all Italian, Ian is all black, and I'm all Irish. <laughs> Which reminds me of that classic skit state The Jew, the Italian, and the Redhead Gay We'll put a link to it on the site To the YouTube video Go look it up, it's hilarious we'll try to do A 90's it. classic So we were talking collecting uh, Yeah, we were talking about uh, One of the mainstays of The comic book hobby Which is collecting them Which you cannot do in the digital realm it's just uh, one of the aspects. You saying I haven't collected all these completely things? Completely gets lost. Are on my that iPad. is that is your library. I would not call that a collection. But I have a little and depressed I, boy right here. It, yeah, it feels it feels different that way. Even even with music, and it kind of kind of breaks my heart getting out of collecting like albums because I'd do I'd buy the actual CD of everything, but. Then well, it got to only bands that I really liked. Yeah. I would still get the disc, but even that stopped. When you would buy a CD, would you would you sit down with it and pop in the player, get the liner notes out and read along to it, or would you just kind of listen casually? Um, I would I would do that, but I wouldn't get out and and read along with the liner notes and the lyrics. And holy fuck, would it piss me off when a band wouldn't put the lyrics. In their fucking CD jacket. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's not that much work. And in those days, that was before the internet, you couldn't just look that shit up, so you just right. had to fucking guess? hmm Maybe they said that? I don't know. I love it when iTunes offers the digital booklet, which is simply just a PDF. Yeah. But when they give you that, when you buy the the album, I feel like it's... It's almost necessary. It's like, really, you want me to spend ten bucks and you're not going to give me the digital booklet? You give me the digital booklet. I don't just want the cover. I feel like it's harder to sit down and really listen to something with the purposes of just listening to it. Do you think that's these just days? Today's, just today's world? Do you think that's your personal attention span? Uh, no, I think it's just I'm, I'm busier now. Like, I think back then I could just sit down and put a new album on and that's it. But now, like, I need to find time when um, drawing or working on a strip or not doing something where that I need to think about so that I can really listen to the album whenever I'm doing whatever it is yeah. I'm doing. I love when there's an album that I've been looking forward to. I love that first spin, even though these days it's not really a spin. It's just hitting fucking play on your iPod or on your computer. But I'll still get the, um, the liner notes, like... I'll buy it digitally, but if it doesn't come with the liner notes, then I'm going to buy the actual CD. If it's a a CD that I really, really, really want. Um, And and I love that experience, reading along and and just kind of 
digging deep into the meanings of the songs and the lyrics. It's a very rewarding experience. I used to sit down and get get out a tape or a CD and put put the headphones on and sit there with the liner notes yeah. and really yeah. like get immersed into the world that they were trying to bring you. I don't think that you really have that same experience nowadays because, right. you know, be it you don't go to the store and buy it or, or you just don't and have the time to do it. It's not the same experience as when we were right. younger. And beyond that, I also appreciate the artwork that comes inside the pages of, you know, the, the little booklet. Uh, sometimes, especially back in the, the 90s when CDs were really big, um, like in the early 90s, you would just get gray pages with like black text on it and mm-hmm. that was the, the liner notes. There was no artwork to kind of go along with it. Everything had to be a picture painted in your mind. Um, where later on, they were almost like comic books, like graphic novels almost. Yeah. You would get some artwork that went along with it. Uh, I, I feel like kids nowadays are getting cheated out of all those experiences. Like I feel like we might be the luckiest generation because we got to experience some of that analogness and some of the hardship, but now we get all the real easy and cool and real accessible stuff. But we still know what it's like to go to NRM and buy the fucking disc. I, a kid would look at you like cross-eyed NRM. What the fuck is that? Yeah. I love kids, album artwork. Kids. Good National album cover. Rec- record mark. National record mark. Yeah, yeah. We spent Waves Music is where ah Waves Music where too. I spent a lot of time. The X in Monroeville Mall. As the well. X. Mm-hmm. It was like that. the X, uh, like the radio station in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, alternative radio station. And they also had oh I didn't um, know that uh, CD. Interesting. Emporium, yeah. if you will. That's what what I really miss about music, digital music is good album artwork. Yeah. And it really infuriates the new iTunes setup. Really infuriates me oh, because there's no, there's no easy way to have the album artwork present when you're doing other shit. Like now, the previous format, it still had like the scrolling folders, and you could still make them pretty big inside the main iTunes window. There are a couple ways that you can do it, but it doesn't look as good as... Nothing's as convenient as that was. That was called Cover Flow, I believe. God damn it! Footsies tonight, son! (laughs) Paul, I gotta tell you, man, I think you have crossed the border. Maybe, okay, let's let's take a look at this. Uh, I am technically, if if I have my foot like this, I'm still on my side of the table, but I'm over over on the right-hand side, but still on the... Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, you're kind of... You know. Yeah. I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to touch feet. I'm, I miss good album artwork. You guys are locking There's... toes, I think. Or <laughs> <laughs> toe wrestling underneath. Ah! That goes beyond McSauce Putsies. So you appreciate really good album art. Cover art or the entire booklet? Um... Mostly, mostly cover art because now I don't, I, I don't even bother with the the interior PDF that you get. That looks like a giant phallic penis. Doesn't it really? Here. I don't know what that is. Is that but from It looks Supergirl? like an orange wiener. It is from Supergirl. Is that still Mamad Azrud? Mamad Azra? It's easy Azrud? for you to say, dude. Because I, I know, really, if you can't pronounce it, I can't pronounce it, buddy. I was so happy with Supergirl whenever the new Fifty Two kicked off. This is issue two, so yes. And then 
it tied into all this Ooh. other... Ooh. And then it tied into all the shitty Superman stuff Scott Lobdell was doing, and then I was out, and now I think it's a different writer. And I, I, I just quit reading it because it, it was not good. Big negative. Mahmoud as Azrar. 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 Mahmoud Azrar. That person can draw. But yeah, that did look like a kryptonite dildo. dildo. In uh Yeah, I um going back to going back to collecting. I I don't collect comic books to sell them later. Um I buy comics to read them. I have multiple versions of books. Like I have Green Lantern Rebirth and singles, a paperback, a hardback, and the absolute edition. So you like that one? Because I like that one. If it's something, if it's a story arc I really like, I'll go buy the hardback for it. But that's just for my personal collection. That's not to sell the singles later. It's like or buying the director's cut of a movie. Yeah, I walk a slippery slope when it comes to collecting. Because I, f- I feel like if I if I started collecting something, because for a long time I thought, you know what, I should go back and try to find some of those. Like original Green Lantern books, some of those first Hal Jordan books. But I feel like how like, original are we talking? Like first appearance of Hal Jordan. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, you like do some it, of that, but that's going to cost a lot of money. Right, but I, I feel like those if, are the ones that hold up, right, yeah. folks? Uh, oh, I'm sure they're terrible stories. Uh, but I feel like if if I did so that, I'd I'd have to collect all this other stuff kind of like when I was collecting you have Star Wars figures. an obsessive personality <laughs> if we can put it lightly yeah I, um, your room was covered in those what is it what, how tall were those 12 inch 12, 12, oh, 12 inch Star Wars figures I went down the fucking rabbit hole yeah you Star, had Star, Star Wars figures I, you had every Star Wars character known to man that they made everyone that they made right all or the way you? from Power of the Force through all all the twelve inch stuff up until um, probably right before Attack of the Clones was coming out, I, I got out of that game. Thankfully, it's getting too expensive. I stuck with the Star Wars collecting through Revenge of the Sith, but I only got them when each movie would come out, like after the Phantom Menace, and I got them for a couple of years. Then didn't. And then Attack of the Clones, and I bought them for that, and then didn't really get them for the subsequent three years, and then when Sith came out, then I got, like, a handful. I was, like, a random toy collector. Like, I didn't have to get all of them, but if I saw Darth Maul, I would have to get a Darth Maul action figure. If I saw the Frank, uh, or not Frank... Macquarie? What was Frank it? Macquarie. Is Ralph it Frank? Macquarie. Ralph Macquarie. Ralph Macquarie. Ralph. I knew it was one Frank? of those old 40s names. Yeah, I, the, um... When they re- re-released the versions, his original vision of those characters, you I got have those. I, I have the Boba Fett one, just one, just one. That no, that was, all goes back to me working at Toys R Us and being around that shit all the time. Yeah, and I, I was you know working at working at Toys R Us at the time, and that went that fed the collecting in a big way. But what was going to happen was I'm a big Luke guy, and there was some Luke figure, and I was like, well, just. I think it was the big buff one, the Power of the Force one, the where he was ripping out of his tunic. He was just, you know, pecs with a head on it. Power of the Force, brother. Yeah, and I was like, well, I'll just get... I'll, I'm Master. just going to get this Luke. Should have been called Masters of the Force. Masters. It should have been. And then um, and then it was, well, 
I'll just get the Lukes. I'll just get the Luke figures. And then it was, well, I'll get the Lukes, and I'll get the... I'll get the Millennium Falcon, A New Hope crew, you know, Leia, Han, Obi-Wan. And then just, everything! I must get everything! And I was getting... just. People that weren't even in the pan and scan versions of the movie. <laughs> People that got cut off when they cut the widescreen. I was getting everything. Again, that's another thing for our younger listeners. That have no idea what that is. I like how we call them our younger listeners because that would make them like fucking ten years old. I think the youngest listener that we have is uh, 27. <laughs> and that's it. Who is that? My little sister. Your little sister? Mm-hmm. What's your sister's name? Laya? Laya? Yep. Do you know what Pan and Scan is? She probably doesn't, but she does Let listen. us know in your review that you write this week. Thank you. She may not write a review, but she does respond to some of the things that we talk about, and she did mention that she thought that Vin Diesel also was black as well. I'll let you have Vin Diesel, but um, there is no way I can be faulted for thinking Wentworth Miller was not African. Because <laughs> that dude looks white as fuck. He does. I don't know who you're talking about. He's the main guy from Prison Break. Which was a really good show. That doesn't help me at all. He was in other things as mm. well. Was he... You mean a show like TV, television? Yeah. He was know. in movies too. There it is. Yeah, but that first season of Prison Break was so fucking good. And then Fox realized, hey, this is this is doing really well. We need to continue it. And then it went right in the fucking toilet because... Wait, what it, did you say you By the end was? of season one, they're, they, they get out. And now it's not Prison Break anymore. It's like we're on the run break. Yeah. And it just wasn't as good. You said you felt that he was partially black? I would never look at this dude... Not even this picture right here? And think he's African. I would not think so. Lyle kind of took a shot at me and said something like, he probably thinks Mariah Carey and Wentworth Miller are white too. <laughs> she did say it, but not like that. Well, Mariah Carey, I understand, is ethnic. But Wentworth Miller, no way. I had to look that shit up. Uh, so yeah, I would imagine that she's our youngest listener because... I don't know any of the other listeners. They're all our age or older. My little brother. Oh, your little brother is the youngest. Mm-hmm. What is he, 22? I believe he'll be, um, he'll be 26. 26? What the fuck? This October. Where the hell did time go? Mm-hmm. God damn. Well, don't forget, you're, you're 37. Yes. We're, gonna, we're all going to be dead soon. So get your mix sauce podcast while it's hot. Well, it's still ticking, at least. The only comic books I went out to collect were the Batman Adventures books based off the animated series. The animated series was my gateway drug into into comic books. And those were the first single issues that I bought. But I only got into the run when they were probably halfway through. So I had to go back, and it was a 60-issue run. I had to go back and, like, really dig up maybe those first... 30 to 40 issues and a couple of the first ones were really hard to find but eventually I have I have all of them with some persistence 
And some luck. It's a. They are really good books. They really have the tone and feel of the animated series. It's in the Fox Kids style. It's in the up, the updated designs of all the characters, which I really liked. A lot of people hate the Joker with the black, the black eyes and the white pupils. But I, I like the designs. I really like that. Um, yeah, it was it it was so faithful to to the the animated series. It felt like I was watching extra episodes of the show. Really good stuff. I, I think Alan Burnett cool. wrote a lot of those issues. Um, I don't remember the artist on them, but it was really good stuff. It amazes me whenever other artists can nail uh, a style like that. Even though Tim Bruce Tim style, it's it it appears very plain. There's a lot of intricacy to it, and the it's, artist. It's really hard to draw. Oh an fuck yeah, Bruce Tim. Because it's so Character. because it's so simple. All those lines, there's not a wasted line on the page. You have yeah. to hit it all perfectly. And uh, I've tried to do it. I can't do it. I think I'd like. I think all of us have tried that at some point, Matt. Yeah. Matt's like, what? I do it all the time. Perfect reconstruction. Did I say that? Mm-hmm. It was implied. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> oh, I'm glad bit. that wasn't just me reading bit. that implication. A little bit. Man, I've, I've really tried to nail that that particular style. I really dig his artwork. Can't fucking do it, man. It's really tough. So the artist on the animated series comic book, I think, really, really hit it out of the park. Matt? I wanted to say this about digital comics. Coming back to digital. That's the name of the game tonight, son. Half of the I- name. Half of the name, paper right. and digital. Right. So, I have found that, for the most part, trade paperbacks are the thing that have taken the hit for me personally because of the advent of digital comics. If I want to go back and collect something that ordinarily in the past I would have gotten the trade paperback for it, now I'll get the digital versions. Yeah. Because... With trade paperbacks, you essentially are already taking the collectability factor out of it. Um, yes, they look really pretty on a shelf, I'll give you that, and it's very cool to just walk up to the shelf, and you know, it's almost just as convenient as having it digitally. It's the singles that's kind of inconvenient, because once you're done reading it, you bag it, you box it, you put it in order that may or may not be alphabetical. Whoever um, those people are. <clears throat> Dumb. But I will pretty much strictly buy digital when it comes to trying to get caught up on things. I don't I don't often go back and I don't really even get back issues. Well, it's funny because trade paperbacks kind of like took over for back issues. You know, like back in the day you would buy the back issues then trade paperbacks became more and more prevalent and they made a trade paperback for fucking everything and then you would get that but now it's even more convenient to go and get digital so in that respect I go digital but I have found that probably in the last six months I'm splitting nearly 50% between paper and digital really? yeah Yeah. I feel like when, when, I, when I do get into buying digital stuff I'm willing to bet most of my trade paper backing will be in the digital format. Yeah, you don't 
really buy them as digital trade paperbacks. I think you can. They they sell them as collections yeah. the same way that they do at the bookstore. But they they still have the single issues and especially the way Comixology does it. This is the really cool thing that Comixology does is they do sales multiple sales a week and they will discount their individual issues down to 99 cents. Marvel in particular is like clockwork with Friday and Monday sales. So right now today, Paul, you can get for 99 cents an issue. What is it, Ian? It is Incredible Hercules. So if you ever wanted to read that. <laughs> so so you might be better waiting until Friday. Was that shitty? <laughs> you just took a dump on Hercules. Sorry, Herc. Are you a big Hercules fan, Paul? No. No, no, I wouldn't say I'm a big Hercules fan, but uh, was he? He's part of New Avengers that Bendis did, right? Was that the At great some point, I John Romita so. Jr. I John enjoyed writing, uh, reading him in those books. Yeah, I believe that this arc is John Romita. I mean, that's unmistakably John Romita Jr. Yeah, that's the cover, but did he do the interior? The interiors. See, sometimes this stuff isn't right, though. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes... Not... Kind of the liner notes, if you will. Yeah, like that's... presents you with a summary... They give you um, three pages of preview. They give you three pages of which previews. is this isn't Romita Jr. They tell you who did the the interior art, who did the cover, who wrote it. Sometimes that information is not accurate. Yeah, it's not, like if you go and you're looking for a particular creator, a lot of times that shit is hit and miss. Yeah, but it's still kind of cool that you can search by creator, you yeah. can search by publisher, by title, by writer, whatever. Um, so there's a lot of like really cool things about the way Comixology does it. Another thing Comixology does is they'll run week-long sales right now. They're running a Justice League sale, 99 cents an issue. Um, so if you wanted to cut, catch up on the Trinity War right, that's going on right now throughout all the Justice League books, I know that uh, going through my books, I hadn't read any of the Trinity War. I found out why I didn't read them, because I was missing the first issue. So what, 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 and this was at Saturday night at 10 o'clock at night. Can't go to the store, can't go to any bookstore, but I could go on Comixology, buy that first issue, read it. And then I was pissed that I bought all the other ones in regular one. format because now I had to go from something that was really, really fun to read digitally to something that was still fun to read, but not as fun to read as my digital version. But it's more Guided fun to you. collect. It was more fun to go to the store and be like, ah, these fucking DC books. Now, thank God for Villains Month next month, whenever I can take an entire month off of collecting them. And here's the thing. We like digital. Ian and I like digital. We think it's a very cool option. I never want print books to go away. I love print books. I love going to the comic book store. But, in the long run, what is digital going to do to print and what is it going to do to your local comic book stores i don't know because the way that i buy my comic books digitally is either in the situation that i just referenced in our emergency situation where i'm like an emergency an emergency oh my god it's an emergency there's no comic book stores open right now call comicsology I need Justice League 22 stat! 9-1 Comixology! In an emergency, life-or-death situation, like I just mentioned, 
or if I'm just fucking around and I want to add on. I, I use Comixology as, as something to add to my collection, not, not a, a replacement. I'm not really replacing stuff. I'll go through and I'll buy things that have a sale that, or that I missed out on. But or 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 more new, th- new things, digital firsts, new things that I would never ever ever buy um, off the shelf, but look kind of interesting, look kind of different, and maybe I want to check it out. I'll and, throw down, you know, a dollar if it's a ninety nine cent sale, or even if it's full fucking price, I'll check it out because it's just something different, and I can I feel more adventurous on Comicsology than in the store. I hear you. People judging me. I'm just teasing. I'm aside from, I judge you for buying that book too. Aside from independent comic books, like independently published judge books. Judge this. Oh, titties. Aside from independently published comics, I feel like Comicsology will have a more robust selection than your comic book store. I mean, it's nice. They're never out of shit. Um, there was a, a new Frankenstein graphic novel, I think, that came out this past week. Um, with art by, um, oh Christ, what's his name? Jack Kirby. No, no, um, Russ. I don't know. I don't Grimley. know. Grimley. Gris Grimley. And. I feel like you just made that. Gr- no, I didn't make Gruesome it. Gruesome Russ. Gris Grimley. He is also working on a- an animated, like stop motion animated Pinocchio. Uh, which I guess has been in the works for some time now. Um, but he has a very, very distinct style. It's reminiscent of, like, Coraline. Okay. The movie Coraline. Anyway, he drew uh, this Frankenstein graphic novel that looked really, really cool. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to get that graphic novel. And let me make a distinction between trade paperbacks and graphic novels because Comixology does not tend to get graphic novels. Like, stuff that is brand new to, to publish, stuff that is not a collected edition that was made specifically as a larger, more prestige format. Um, but this Frankenstein thing, I don't even know if it was available in print, but I went to my two comic book stores and I asked for it, and neither one had it. So I'm probably just going to buy it on Comixology and, and check it out that way. Um, but ordinarily, I like getting... That prestige format, uh, hardcover, dust jacket, that's really like a slick package, and, and that's part of like the charm of getting a, a print book that way. But um, yeah, th- there's definitely benefits, man, to digital. And, like, and it's the, there if you want it. The print experience for me, man, I'll tell you what, I still like every Wednesday going to my local comic book store, me and birthday boy Dominic Yossi. <laughs> go every single Wednesday that I don't call off and tell them that I'm not going. So you go and you hang out. You chat about comics. Chat about comics. You talk about some of the new things that are out or or things that you like. Um, talk to other people that you would never, ever see except for in the comic book shop. Talk to your comic book shop vendor. Always a nice guy. Always has some great things to tell you about. I like that part of collecting. I like that part of it, too. Paul, you just go in and out. It's a trans. It's a business transaction for you. You're like, I don't want to walk into this beautiful <laughs> store with a wide selection. Given Paul's predisposition to 
the way that he does comics. He doesn't ever spend beyond cover price. He's not into the whole collecting aspect, really. Um, I collect for me, not for future monetary gain. Right, right. I collect for enjoyment. Right, for the enjoyment of the stories, right? If Paul could get a deliver-to-your-house service that was current, like if he didn't have to wait a week or two, he would do that. No, no. I like going to the shop. I have a very good rapport with... Uh, the employees of New Dimension Comics at Paul, the Century 3 Mall. Paul steps one foot into the comic shop, reaches his arm in, gives them the money, and then leaves. You've both been there with me. I don't know where this is coming from. Why are you even looking at me? I didn't say any of those things. You're right. I should be looking solely at Ian Sharpley. You should. For the slander, sir. <laughs> I've witnessed it. I witnessed it. Whenever it was upstairs, you didn't even have to really go inside. You were just like, well, you reached your arms and your little well, fingertips. The, the counter's right there at the door. I go to the counter. That's true. They give him a bowl. Why, why explore new things? We why chat? find out what is different in the world of comic books? I know what I like. Just give me what I want. Daddy knows what he likes. The, my favorite aspect of the digital option is the fact that you essentially have your collection at your fingertips. Like, even if you haven't stored the download on your iPad or your tablet, you can simply down, like re-download it right off of the cloud with your account, mm -hmm. and boom, you can read whatever the hell you want that you've purchased, as opposed to going down into my basement and pulling the box off of the shelf and thumbing through to get to the right, oh shit, I didn't file that one, I don't know where the hell that issue is. Like, that's just not a concern. Like, your biggest concern is, is my iPad charged right now? Like, that's your biggest worry. Another thing that's great about digital books is that you can get books that you will never, ever read in a million years. Action Comics number one. You can find out how shitty it really was back in the day and just pull that down at any point. I mean, I know you can do it in a trade paperback form, yep. but you can also do it this way. Was that free? Uh, I think it was. Better have been. I think it was. I bought that, and I think I have an old Batman one as well. So yeah, there are a few titles that I go exclusively digital on, and and thanks to Comicsology's ninety nine cent boner for Valiant Comics, I've been able to accumulate my Valiant Comics collection by just waiting for the ninety nine cent sales and just. Like buy all the issues that they happen to have on sale that I haven't already bought, right. and that's been a really effective way. Uh, so I've done it that way for Valiant. I've gotten the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that way, um, and those are some of the ones that I've gone digital on. But, but most of the ones that I buy, I guess maybe it isn't quite fifty percent. It's probably like thirty-five, sixty-five, kind of for me. Yeah, I, I get 100% of the stuff that I used to get, and I would probably add on another 10 to 20% yeah, Yeah, see, that. it's not just a simple add-on for me because yeah. it's digital. It, it's definitely digital is supplementing what I used to get print. but And, and, I, and I have, like, guilt because I want to support comic shops. I certainly want to support them more than this conglomerate, comicsology. Yeah. But... But I also enjoy the convenience of the digital. And then the, the last point I'll make about digital, 
you can read it in the dark. Like, you don't, like, because I read at night a lot. And You're a night owl. You function best at night. After would, midnight. Vampire-like. Yeah. I don't think vampires are constricted to post-midnight hours. That's I believe they, it's sundown. That's when they work best. There's, it's, it's early morning. They haven't had their coffee yet at, at 7 p.m. So sundown, they, they have to have vampire going. coffee. And like wake up, and oh shit, punch in for work. Vampire work. <laughs> like Some that blood creamer. Vampire boss is busting my vampire balls. Disgusting. Blood creamer blood is creamer. disgusting. <laughs> blood creamer is pretty nasty. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, I like reading at night and you don't have to have a light on with the iPad or, or, you know, if you're reading at night, you have to have that little clip on. That thing's so silly. For, yeah. Yeah, for comic books. You watch the whole thing, like, bend over in your hand. Now, I have, uh, is there any other points that you guys want to make about print, digital? Talk about the future, where do you see things going? Paul? Um, I don't see them going anywhere. Do you think that we are at the status quo right now? Like, this is as popular as digital is going to get. Print's not going anywhere. This is it's not going to take a hit. Yeah, I don't. I don't think print's going anywhere. People have been um, predicting the downfall of comic books for since the '60s. No. That this is a medium that's going to go away and blah blah blah. And especially with the advent of digital, no one's going to make hard comics anymore, but I think the point we made earlier about them still being a viable collector source, and, you know, still being a different kind of thing than like, CDs or movies. Right. People are still gonna make them. Do you feel like the younger generations, as they get into comic books, the the print version is going to be less important, and they're, you know, because these are the people that are gonna grow up with Tablets and digital means of entertainment across the board. You know, they're gonna. These are the people that are gonna download all their movies, music, and video games. Why not download their comics as well? I, I think the biggest and best thing with digital comics is the access. You don't have to go to the comic shop if you're interested in, in checking out what comic books are all about with a touch of a screen. You're there. You can buy whatever you want. You don't have to make a special trip. It's so easy if you have any kind of interest at all. And I think you'll get a lot more new fans that might not have come to it the traditional route like we all probably did. And and I think it's, it's going it to have um, more variety of fans. I think people are going to come and get comic books, not just for the superhero comics, but for the independent stuff, for the more... Um, you know, maybe more females will get into reading comic books because they'll be they won't have to go into a weirdo comic book store and have creeps act strange around them. I think that's a big part of it. No Captain Sweatpants. I think the comic book shop is going to be a consistent home for creeps and Captain Sweatpants. I get creeped out by some of those creeps in the comic book shop. Yeah, I do they're too. a weird breed. They're even worse at comic book conventions because these are the people that you didn't even know existed until they have a reason to come out of the woodwork. Right. I've like always like Baltimore Comic Con this weekend. 
I have always maintained if you guys need a boost to your self-esteem, you go to a fucking comic book convention. Better yet, go to a toy convention. I've never and been you to will a toy feel convention. so yeah. good. Did we? Yeah. Did we go? Yeah. When? Years ago. Sure. Yeah, that's been work. Well, it wasn't Comic Con. No. Hmm. We've been to Comic Cons and toy shows up there. Just Ian, pay more attention next time. You will feel so good about yourself when you're done. I'll look at the people. It's great if you guys like people watching fans. If you like people watching, and we know go you do. to a convention. Fuck the mall. Don't go to the mall to people watch. It's good. I agree. But it's even better if you go to a convention. If you miss Baltimore Comic Con this week, don't worry. You can go to Pittsburgh Comic Con at the end of September and yeah. people watch. And I, I will be at that one, folks. And if you want to people watch, I'll people watch. Matt Cassell. That's right. One of my favorite things about cons and the cosplayers that pollute them is pollute them. are the ones that get so in character. Like Joker from last year's Pittsburgh Comic-Con. Like if you, if you talk to them or take their picture, they will pose. They're not just like, hey, I'm here dressed like Wolverine. They're like, take my picture, Bob. And then they get down and they, they give you the Wolverine pose or whatever. Yeah, but I don't have a problem with that if they're really into it. My gripe with the cosplayers would be the ones that are trying to pull off characters that they simply do not have the physical attributes to pull off like fat anybody. usually it's fat pale pasty girls in outfits that are way too revealing for their physique and beyond that they're, they're trying to play characters that are 200 pounds lighter than they are and it just that's the fattest 200 pounds lighter than they are I'm basically saying these are 300 pound fatties there it Ouch. is. Hey, when you're this <laughs> little depressed Matt, when folks. you're when you're this handsome, you don't have to. Yeah, handsome Matt so sensitive. Zinger, zinger, folks. Pissing on the less attractive people at Comic Con. We all can't be as handsome as Matt Cassell. Again, that's at little depressed at Matt. Little depressed Matt. <laughs> I don't have a problem with cosplayers. Fat, skinny. I like a nice revealing cosplay. Yeah, even if you're fat, bring it on. 300 pounds? 300 pounds of, pounds of playing cause? Playing? I believe cause. I believe the phrase is, a more cushion for the pushing. I had a friend once that called it, more cushioning for the pushing. More the pushing. Uh, he just That's completely like fucking bushed I'll do some pushing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, digital... Another aspect of digital that has permeated our entertainment culture would be digital books. Not just comic books, but digital books. iBooks, Kindle, things of that nature. Which leads us into our fan favorite segment. Making its triumphant return. Matt Cassell's What You Been Reading. And you know what I've been reading? What have you been reading, Matt Cassell? I've been reading an audio. Certainly not a book about baddies. <laughs> I've been reading Plumpers. <laughs> I love that magazine. It was pretty was good. Was that really a magazine? It's, well, it's yeah. a website, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading the audiobook 
What was Score's site? Voluptuous? Okay. Not there yet. And xlgirls.com. Not for little Matt Casal. No. Well, I'm, I'm little. I would get crushed and killed. Don't you understand? In ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, okay. you've clearly not been reading Plumpers or XX Girls. XXL Girls. Yeah. Um, what have you been reading? An ebook, perhaps? Uh, no, but. Um, <laughs> An iBook? No. Digital book? No. A Wii book? I can just tell you. This is more fun. <laughs> An audiobook, which I've been listening to, called Star Wars Kenobi. The story of Ben Kenobi once he gets to Tatooine after the events of Revenge of the Sith. It seems like it would be boring and a lot of hiding out in caves. Uh, so far, there has been a relatively expansive cast of characters introduced. And I will say that so far, about three chapters in, I am somewhat underwhelmed. I was looking forward to this beyond like any other Star Wars novel that I've heard about in years. So I was extremely excited when it came out. And then I was faced with the dilemma. How do I want to purchase this book? Do I want to buy the actual hardcover, Paul? No. Or do I want to get the digital version through iBooks or Amazon? That's still a lot of reading. Why read when you can listen? Well, I have my Audible account, so I already had seven credits sitting in the bank that I hadn't used yet. That's seven months worth of not buying an audiobook. And if you don't use them, you lose them. That if is, you if cancel. you let your... Yeah, if you cancel, so... I just want to say use them, lose them. Uh, so I decided I am going to splurge, and I'm going to spend a credit on the Kenobi book, which I did, and I've been listening to it. But I also want to get it in book form because I also want to read it when I am not forced to listen. I will listen in the car and things like that, but when I'm home, I would prefer to read it myself. So I was... I went down to uh, Barnes & Noble one day last week. It was, it was on Tuesday, the day that it came out. And I went down there and I, and I picked up the book. A hefty, quite a hefty book. If you I think you could kill a man with that book? <laughs> I think I could kill a man with that book, yeah. If you hit him with a corner in the back of the skull. Just, anyway. just right. So it, the cover price, I think, was twenty six ninety nine, with a... 20% discount sticker on it. So that would have brought the book price down to about 21 and some change, maybe 2160. Um, let's say after tax 22 bucks. Let's not get crazy. The, the digital <laughs> the digital version was 13.99, $14. Wow. So there is a price difference of what's 22 minus 14 in go. 36. That's <laughs> your age. <laughs> It's your IQ. Oh! <laughs> oh! Certainly not your weight, because if it was, Matt would fuck you. Oh! So that, that's a difference of $8, okay? Ocho. Is it worth it to save $8 and just have the digital version? Which, who knows, maybe that's better. Or is it better to have the hardcover? You can, you know, collect it, put it on your shelf when you're done reading it. It's going to look beautiful for years to come. Paul, what do you do? Uh... 
I, don't, I didn't know either. I held the book. I like how he's doing this, by the way. It's killing me. I held the <laughs> book. I was down there at my lunch hour, and I held the book in my hand for probably 30 or 40 minutes. Staring. Staring, trying to decide what to do. Life. Matt's 30 or 40 seconds away from getting bludgeoned with a book. <laughs> and I, and I, I put the book back, and I thought, I'm going to buy it digitally. So I put the book back and I went I back to like, work. Hey, you, you vagrant. Quit I, touching the book and you're I, not going to buy it. Oh, I, you know what? I bet I probably had it and put it back and then grabbed it again and then fucking put it back and did that like two more times. I didn't know what to do. Is like, the cover? That's the cover. You're like, you buy now. And I decided I am going digital on this thing. And... Uh, after I made that decision, I was still unsure about it, and I still didn't know if I should go digital or if I should go back to the bookstore. Do you typically take this long to make decisions? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, yeah, on some things. Uh, and Goddamn, uh, breakfast and lunch must be a bitch for you. So I decided to... Uh, I, did, I didn't really make a decision, but what happened was... I think the 20% sale is over now, mm. so that kind of makes the decision for me, so probably this week I'll just go ahead and get the digital version. Um, and then, Paul, the decision that I need to make is do I go iBooks or Kindle, you know? Paul, do you have a Kindle? Well, there's a Kindle app on the iPad, just like there's an iBooks app on the iPad. I mean, these are the decisions in life you have to make. I'd kill myself. Trust me, I've been With thinking that about book. it. <laughs> Bludging myself to death. So, uh, anyway, Kenobi, the Star Wars book. Uh, the, the 1652 the pro- on, uh, on Amazon. See, that's another thing, though. I have a hard time supporting Amazon because I love going to bookstores. And I feel like the more you Because support, you can spend 40 minutes in there and, and not, not buy, buy anything. anything. I know. I've, I've spent... Plenty at Barnes and Noble, though. There's that weird kid again, staring at kid. books. Kid, kid, yeah, you, you have a kiddish, you have a youthful quality oh, to you. Thanks. You're welcome. That kid, that kid, that handsome kid. There's that forty-year-old handsome kid. So, um, Hates but anyway, it, it started out <laughs> with a really great prologue, and then it gets into kind of a a bit of. A lot of character introduction after that, and kind of a lot of backstory, and it's it's kind of getting more bogged down than I expected it to. Yep. So I'm a little bit disappointed so far. However, I'm holding out a lot of hope that it really turns itself around and gets going because this is a story that I've always felt could be really interesting. I can't imagine what they're going to do with this story. See, that's a story that I've always felt is um, not interesting, which is why it's not in a movie. Same with what happens between. A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back and people keep trying to make that time interesting but I think really what happens is it's really boring looking for a new planet stuff and nothing happens which is why we don't pick up the story until the beginning of Empire Strikes Back but that's just my own personal Star Wars universe so you're not enjoying Brian Wood's Star Wars? yeah I am but I mean, nothing's as... It's not as compelling as 
as the movies. It, wait, it's wait not you're telling really... me the comic book is not as compelling as the motion pictures? Well, is that true, Paul? Yeah. Wow, you really went out on. But nothing, with that. like nothing that I've read from between the movies ever grabs me like, oh yeah, that could be your, that's really cool. See, I felt like Shadows of the Empire was really cool. I feel cool. like everything just kind of forces something in there because people want more Star Wars. I haven't read Shadows of the Empire since probably 96 or 97. Did you fellas read that? I only played the Nintendo 64 game. Made it to level 2. <laughs> Paul? No. Okay. That was a story that took place in between <clears throat> The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi introduced a cool new character. Um, maybe all the listeners don't know it but that was a really good book um, and I like those standalone expanded universe stories the ones that don't that don't require you to know anything outside of what you know from the movies the, those are fun and accessible and that's what this Kenobi book was supposed to be and uh, maybe it still will be only three chapters in there's many many chapters to this book so. It's, it sounds like it could be really cool. And if they wind up doing a movie starring Ewan McGregor about what happens during that time, I'd be all in. There was a comic book called Star Wars Visionaries, I believe. It came out around the time of Revenge of the Sith. It was actually a trade paperback, a graphic novel. It went straight to you know collected edition. Many artists and writers collaborated on it. And there's one... It's a series of like short stories, and there's one story in particular that has a, I want to say an Obi-Wan that is between the age that he was in Revenge of the Sith and the age that he was in A New Hope. And he's living on Tatooine, and I don't remember the details of the story, except I remember that at one point, a Darth Maul with mechanical legs comes out from the ground and fights Obi-Wan and it's a very cool little exchange and everything and I I think that the Clone Wars got his um, his initial like mechanical leg look from that comic book I want to say. I think I have that I'll have to dig that out and check it out. Yeah it's pretty cool and I, I don't know if that's going to be included in this Kenobi book I'm hoping that it is because I think that would be really fun and interesting but so far we're basically introduced to a shitload of moisture farmers and stuff. Not exactly like it's exciting business, exciting stuff. Uh, they they do talk about the Tuscan Raiders and those characters are a little. <clears throat> even though they're telling you more about them, somehow they make them seem even more mysterious, if that makes sense, and definitely more fearsome. Uh, and uh, that part of it's cool. So, it it's different than what you would expect from a Star Wars story because it's all taking place on one planet in the desert. It almost has like a Western kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no space travel or anything. So it's um, I think there's a lot of potential for it to be unique and good. So we'll see. Anyway, Paul, what you been reading, buddy? I've been reading a lot of comic books. Mm-hmm. I read the last X-Men issue. And X-Men number four. X-Men number four. And, and I thought it was incredibly boring. Brian Wood getting um, boring. I read uh, Batman number 23. And I thought that was incredibly boring. That is uh, Year Zero Part 3? Uh, zero Year Part zero 3. Zero Year, sorry. 
the issue when it felt like I was reading a fucking Grant Morrison book. Ouch. Because Bruce is apparently tripping out of his fucking skull when this bat comes through the window and all this shit happens. I was so fucking confused and out of... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I was shocked that a Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo Batman book was so fucking bad. Was this so the worst in the series so far? Worst of the series since the new 52 started. I didn't like the annual that where they... Where they said it was going to tie into Zero Year and then it really doesn't? Yeah. That doesn't... I don't count that as, like... It wasn't Greg Capullo, but right. I, I didn't like that. If, if I had to... And I... You... I don't like the Harper... Harper Row? Is Harper that right? Harper Row. Yeah, I didn't like those ones either. Um, yeah, this issue for being such a key moment and... Are you liking Zero Year? Yeah, or? I'm liking Zero Year a lot. Yeah, okay. Which is why I was so let down by this issue, because it's yeah. so fucking weird. I haven't read that third one yet. I've only read the first so two. Goofy. I started reading uh, The Trinity War, as I was talking about earlier. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How have you liked that? I actually, I've been digging it. Although, I, when I went from issue number, um, when I when I went from the, the second part of the story to, I think it was the third part of the story... They kind of lost me a little bit. Um, I feel like there were parts that were left out that I didn't... uh, Because I didn't read all the other things. Because you didn't read the Constantine issues with Shazam? Yeah, so So I don't... So you were left to just kind of guess what happened? Yes. So I I, I felt like going from part one to part two was okay. Are there four parts out right now? Maybe it went all six or... Oh, it's done. Oh, okay. Um... You can get them digitally through Comixology if you don't have them all. I know that it's about 10 o'clock at night right now. You just get them. You read them tonight. Well, by the want. time that we're done here and I drive home, it's going to be midnight. So. Mm-hmm. Well, comic book stores will still not be open. That's so. true. But, yeah, um, I, they kind of lost me a little bit in between. I think it was part two and part three uh, because I didn't buy the issues that you needed to kind of fill in the blanks of the stories. I yeah. hate that. If uh, if you're gonna get me with an event, and I it technically it's not like it's not even like there's one main Trinity War book. You're buying Justice League, Justice League Dark, Justice League America. I'm buying these three books. Please don't make me go buy Constantine as well. I I, I just want to know the story. Don't put important stuff outside of this. So I was kind of let. Down it's with fine that. to have those tie-in issues. But, but make those be more self-contained and independent of the the main story. Yeah. Like, where it's like, you can read this and it'll be kind of fun for you, but it will not... It might enhance what you're reading, but just reading the main thing won't be detracted. I felt by... like... I felt like I skipped a couple chapters on a DVD. Yeah, that is not... And it just jumped good. through it's not, the story. It's not the... It's not the Constantine book that is a problem with Trinity War. And we can get into the entirety of Trinity War once you two have finished it. But <clears throat> up until the point you've read, Ian, it's too many characters in the kitchen. And no one really knows who's with who or who's doing what. Well, they're kind of fleshing where. They're fleshing that stuff out. I didn't even have a problem with that. I didn't either. It makes, didn't it makes the whole, it makes the did whole you read book. It? Oh, you did? Okay, I yeah. thought you were kidding. It makes the whole book a jumble of what the hell is going on here. I thought they hit the main points of who, 
like where everybody was falling. I thought it was cool that they break up, uh, you know, the teams basically, and and different people it, go with different members of yeah. each team. And I thought that was cool. And it was cool how they brought in the magical element. I I was kind of wondering how they were going to tie the Justice League Dark into it. They did it pretty flawlessly. So it could be interesting to see if the teams get shuffled in any capacity after this because of the way that they kind of factioned off into you know new teams almost. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about you guys finishing this. Maybe you guys can finish it this week and we can talk about it next week. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I, I just thought that I had read up to the current, you know, where it was, but I guess I hadn't. So I'll probably finish it at some... I'll finish it definitely before... Uh, we hook up again. Ian, is there something you'd like to talk about before we sign off for the night? Uh, I just talked about Trinity War. Nothing else? Something else I meant? Like beyond that? Beyond oh. that? Oh, uh, Baltimore Comic Con, kids. <laughs> Come see me. And Paul. And me. Make the trip. It's a quick four hour drive. But if you don't make the trip, Pittsburgh Comic Con. Yeah, there, there is no be, excuse for not being at Pittsburgh Comic Con. I'll be here this weekend if you guys don't want to make the trip. So, Call Matt and see if he wants to do anything. But not if you're a fatty, fat, fat. Yeah. That's Ew, just gross. True. You'll crush him. I <laughs> only said the cosplayers that have the body of a vanilla milkshake. That's all. And what's wrong with that? Love vanilla milkshakes. I do too, but not when it's stuffed into a Emma Frost costume. You know what I'm saying? Fair. I'm Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Fat Matt Cassell. Oh! <laughs> Garbage Pail Kids, Series 1. What was Paul again? From Garbage Pail Kids? I don't remember. Peel and Paul, something, I don't know. Peel and Ian. Peel and Ian. <laughs> That'll do it for tonight's episode, folks. We'll see you later.